So, Quebec has finally fulfilled one of its secondary, primary, primary, secondary, primary other election <laughs> promises. Primary electoral promises, my <laughs> Which God, is the value like, test. Yes, values yes, test. Values test. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of explain the legislative evolution of this, Karen? Sure, sure. So, you're the expert? again, obviously, well, I, I'm not sure if I'm an expert, but definitely I, I know a bit about the legislative history. And obviously, there's been discussions around uh, Bill 21, the, the secularism law, as we call it. And then, obviously, about this whole idea that any immigrant coming to Quebec must uh, demonstrate that they have the potential to integrate. I'm just going to interrupt you by saying, for a background on Quebec secularism and Bill 21, we do have a primer on what that means in our feed. So if you want that context, yeah, we discussed that at length. But yeah, so in, in that same vein, uh, the Quebec, the current Quebec government of François Legault, the Coalition de Quebec, had promised that they will bring in what is called the values test. Um, Pauline Marois' government in the early 2000, I think it was 2012-13, she kind of played with the idea uh, bringing in a charter of values, saying that there are certain values that are the core values of Quebec and people have to uh, subscribe to them if they wish to live here. Uh, the government has actually go, gone full speed ahead and fulfilled that promise, whatever mm-hmm. that means. And now they have brought in a law. When I read the title of the law, I thought it was hilarious, but it's called An Act to Increase Quebec's Socioeconomic Prosperity and Adequately Meet Labor Market Needs Through Successful Immigrant integration. Why do you think that's funny? I feel it's funny that they're linking uh, immigration to economics, right? The fact that... Im- I mean, but and, and that's the basis of why we bring people. And I think that's right? that may be true, but I think that also kind of forgets or that um, does not include other types mm-hmm. of immigration. Because mm-hmm. immigration, yes, economic immigration is a primary source of immigration yeah. into this country, but there's other types of immigrants. And I believe that uh, socioeconomic integration is not the only form of immig- integration mm-hmm. that we should seek from any immigrant community. And again, this is not a debate about immigration or how immigration should be dealt with. But my point is that uh, they're masking it as we want to make you successful immigrants. We want to make you successful socioeconomically. That's why you must integrate. That's, I think, the primary Which argument. I think is funny because the immigrant class over which they have purview mm-hmm. is, is the economic class of immigrant. So... To imply that you need this in order to make them socioeconomically viable, or right, yeah, exactly. integratable, integratable, is a false premise because that's the point of why you're bringing them here. And I think that what for me is interesting is that socioeconomic integration or socioeconomic success, if it is tied to these secular values, to me is dog whistle politics, right? Because mm-hmm. what you're saying is that that's the Stole only... Stole my thunder, but that's fine. <laughs> I was waiting for you to chime in and say the word. I'm like, she's supposed to say it. But you didn't. So the the point is that I think it, to me, is such a, uh, a false uh, link that is being made between socioeconomic success and your secular credentials. Yeah. That if you believe in certain democratic principles and secular principles, that's the only way you can succeed socioeconomically. Again, I think this this whole thing is very problematic, but uh, that's just a quick history in terms of this was promised uh, by other governments, the Patsy Quebecois government uh, a few years ago. And now, obviously, the Coalition of New Quebec has actually implemented this law where basically any new immigrant coming into Quebec, you would need to take this multiple choice test mm-hmm. right where these questions are kind of going around they're knowledge-based questions right and you can find samples of them online like what what does marriage look like between to you exact between two people two, yeah two, two people men two women a and man do and a you woman. agree with it and do you agree with equality of men and women yes or no so these kind of questions to to test your 
No, it's a knowledge test. It's a knowledge test. It's not an opinions test, which it's is actually something test. that I have. We can talk about that in detail when we go through yes. the why the test is problematic to begin with. So that's just the, the I guess, the background in terms of uh, where this law comes from. And it's an electoral promise, obviously, to the constituents who have voted the CAC in, which is, um, they reside mostly outside the metropolitan region of Montreal. That's mm-hmm. where most of the CAC seats are. Yeah. So obviously this speaks directly to their anxieties, to their base. To their, yeah. to their base. Um, so that's the Yeah, the I mean, history. the questions imply, um, first of all, like pedagogically speaking, if you want to test someone's opinions and values, you don't do them through knowledge tests. There's no critical engagement with with the opinion that perhaps men and women are not equal. Mm -hmm. There's a valuable dialogue to be had there. But frankly, I don't think that the Quebec government is in a place to be telling us whether men and women are equal. In a society where, frankly, women make 87 cents on the dollar compared to men, you're not in a position to talk about that. I'm sorry. Stop. Absolutely. And I think what's uh, interesting to me is that at the outset in the law, if you read it, they talk about how it's responding or making sure that we conform to Quebec's uh, Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms, which kind of mirrors the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. One of the founding principles, and that is true to the human, uh, the United Nations uh, Human Rights Charter of Rights and Freedoms, is the idea of freedom, conscience, and religion, right? So to me, whenever you're using uh, religion as a benchmark, that if you don't conform to our secular values, then you're not welcome here, how does that play into freedom of conscience and religion? How do you mm-hmm. espouse equality, treating people equally, freedom yet now dis- discriminating people because they don't agree with you mm-hmm. or they don't think like you? So exactly. that to me is an interesting kind of um, uh, dichotomy, right? Yeah, well, it's a way of creating, they want to have control over who comes here and who lives here and who stays here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very little purview of it to begin with. But really what, what it it attempts to do or it it pretends to attempt to do because i think that practically this is you know uh, empty as Mm -hmm, a law mm -hmm. but what they're attempting to do here is create an image of of quebec that is in their image and this goes back to what we talked about previously is what determines who is Quebecois, Quebecois? Absolutely. Given uh, the history of consultative processes in Quebec, where we had a whole consultative process on systemic racism two years ago, yeah. which was stifled and closed down and declared that there's no systemic racism in Quebec, I want to know who, which bureaucrat will come up with these questions. Yeah. Who's going to uh, vet these questions? Is it exactly. going to be a computerized system? I don't know that. And which I think- are all problematic options to begin with because there's no critical engagement with any of these things here and any sort no of thought any sort of values test is the evaluation of a, an individual's ability to think engage um and respond to anything that's asked of them that cannot be confined to a 20 question test i'm sorry that are like yes or no knowledge questions absolutely it's right exactly, and what exactly do you think people point. will say uh, i don't believe men and women are equal like <laughs> i don't even know in terms yeah. of the actual logic behind the test and what they are looking to achieve. If somebody puts a question, oh, do you think men and women are equal? What will people say? No, they're not equal. And I'm just using this one. To me, it's just the absurdity of the whole thing. It's absurd. That just bothers me. Yeah. And my other issue too is that, you know, there are assumptions that are made about immigrants that Mm -hmm. come from places that are not here. So like I said already that institutions here are not in a position to lecture others on on men and women being equal, frankly, because we have institutionalized inequity. Mm -hmm. Okay, I already spoke about it. Um, So that begs the question, are immigrants more, like the assumption is that immigrants are more sexist Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the general Quebec society, which Mm -hmm. is just... There's again, no there's evidence an to prove this. Yeah, there's again an it's assumption. an assumption. Yeah. It, you know, some people may be uh, misogynistic or yep. sexist or whatever, or homophobic or whatever, sure. But you, you're you making a generalization when you make that assumption. 
right? And and the fact is that there are people in this society that we live in currently that are homophobic, racist, sexist, all of those things. So let's not let's not pretend. Is my point. Those are ills that I think plague all societies across human societies, no matter which continent you come from, which country you come from. All of the things that Shrasma just listed, I believe, are true to any society in varying degrees, obviously, depending on historical, cultural, other contexts, Mm -hmm. right? Economic context context as well, Mm -hmm. and that's why even in uh, in so-called Western societies, we still have movements for women's rights and uh, gay rights and trans rights and uh, yeah. anti-racist uh, movements, right? It also assumes a very uh, Western or Eurocentric Absolutely. view of these things. Absolutely. Like feminism is not the sole not purview the of Absolutely. the West, Absolutely. you know? Like it, it's just not a thing. I guess my core issue with these assumptions and the reason that I'm, I keep coming back to the fact that there are underlying assumptions here and unconscious bias here the implication is that we're bar- are we barbaric? Are is our education incomplete somehow? Are we uncivilized? Is that what you're? That's what you're assuming essentially by asking us these inane questions. The that to me also requires a bit of reflection. Are we saying that the immigrants that have traveled to these shores for hundreds of years and who have populated these successful countries rather right? Both uh, all of these immigrant Settled. countries. North America, yeah. right? Uh, for the past hundred years, we've had immigrants. So, are we actually creating societies that are misogynistic because of these immigrants? Or do we have a rise in homophobic violence because of immigrants? Like that's what you're saying. That's why you want to keep those people out because you've seen evidence of those people coming here and changing the face There's of our no societies. Um, the other question I think that is very very important to me, one of the principles that is uh, outlining this law, is this whole idea to further democratic principles. So, from whatever little understanding I have about democracy, <laughs> and we debate on democracy, <laughs> I know what Shazna's laughing because we would have to you're have modest, a whole debate about modest, uh, no, because I think little... we would have to have a whole debate about what democracy really means, right? Yeah. In the world we live today, but as a as one of the beacons of democratic institu- uh, democratic countries, Canada, Quebec, whatever. Uh, what you're saying is that anything, anyone who does not agree with you, any sort of plurality of thought expression mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is not welcome. Yeah. Unless you conform, unless you agree with me. Exactly. Unless you can so-called integrate with me. Exactly. You're not welcome. Don't divert or you, you don't belong. And that to me goes to the heart of any uh, country, any society that claims to be democratic yet stifles any sort of dissent. Because mm-hmm. dissent to me is the foundation of, of democracy. I mean, democracy. Yeah. It's no different from a Narendra Modi or an Amit Shah in India locking people up, blocking internet access. It's no different yeah. from a Vladimir Putin making sure that anyone who dissents is poisoned in London. Or China. Right? Or China. So I don't believe that we can have a moral high or take a moral high ground of being a free, liber- mm-hmm. liberal, progressive democratic state when basically we're implementing laws like this that stifle dissent at the outset. Exactly. Don't even come to my country if you disagree with me. Yeah. It's it's to me it's so insidious. That's the that's the sentiment. Right? That is the sentiment. I mean, it's not about like the the test. It's about what it's about what the test means. It's not about the like it's really not about the questions in the test. It's about the underlying assumptions and the impact and the meaning behind what you're doing. The the values that you are espousing even just by putting this forward as a bill. Uh, and to me, like even somebody like me, I don't have the same construct of secularism um, as be, as uh, most often I encounter in my discussions with other Quebecers. Mm-hmm. My uh, understanding of secularism is extremely different. I don't believe in this very uh, false notion that a state can be secular when it has a history of uh, religious engagement. It has symbols. It ha- continues to celebrate certain Christian values, right? Because it's a majoritarian yeah. 
a society. So even I don't agree with them. So probably I would fail this values test if I were to take the test, right? If I were to give an honest... I honestly, no, I don't think that you would fail it because no, it's, a, no, it's a knowledge-based question. It's not about your opinions and it's not about, it doesn't test your opinions or your values. Sure. I'm just at saying, all. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just like... It's yes uh, or no. I'm just saying that <laughs> I, even I don't subscribe to a lot of these things here. Because so. there's nuance. The exactly. Doesn't exactly. Give room, leave nuance. room for nuance. So, which makes it even more. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you know, so, to me, this is you know empty dog whistling um, politics. It, mm-hmm. it, it's practically empty because it's of a class of immigrant that presumably comes here with these values to begin with, anyways. Because basically, they're of a particular social, economic, class, educational education, class. Absolutely, it was very, very selective in who al- who's allowed into the country. Yeah. In terms of uh, for even skilled immigration. Exactly. Right? It's 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 iso- it's isolationist. It's protectionist. And it speaks to, um, it, spe- it just confirms the base's stereotypes here, yeah. the CAC's base. Um, I have two questions that I want to put out there. One is this whole idea that we live in a progressive province, which I think to an extent can be uh, deemed as true because there's certain yeah, government there programs, exactly. etc., that have always been ahead of the game when you compare Quebec to the rest of Canada, mm-hmm. whether it's maternity uh, benefits, it's uh, benefits to families, mm-hmm. uh, daycare access, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes, there's progressive elements, but I think something like this goes to the is completely cr- contrarian to what Quebec wishes to be represented as or yes. to be seen as. So if we're bringing in these laws, which to me are inherently discriminatory, based on these bizarre assumptions about people from a diverse group of countries, we're not yeah. even talking about one group of people from exactly. one part of the world, right? But this is the this is the dog whistling that we're speaking to. Yeah. Who who do we assume that people that think that men and women are not equal? Yeah. Why do we have Bill Twenty One to begin with? Yeah. Let's absolutely. be real. There are assumptions here. Uh, this puts into question in my in my mind to what Quebec wishes to be seen as representing and just the political discourse within Canada of mm-hmm. how Quebec wishes to be ahead on issues of climate change in terms of implementing a carbon policy in terms yeah. of fighting for other rights, uh, the first province that implemented uh, same-sex marriage, etc. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I think this is very contrarian. It so is. we're kind of walking backwards in the development of progressive politics within Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't believe that it actually uh, helps that cause at all. Um, and this is actually a perfect segue, which another problematic policy this government is actually looking at. Yeah. I was introducing, I was actually discussing with um, Shazma before, is that the education minister is now kind of rolling out this new program yeah. where um, what they're calling is the, the course courses related to ethics and mm-hmm. culture, religious religious cultural or cultural religion or whatever something yeah. similar yeah. Um, is going to be slowly removed from any sort of course courses that are taught within the education system right when do they learn these things when are these courses taught i believe At what stage? i believe again i'm not an expert in within the education system but i do believe that there's certain courses whether it's uh, religious history whether it's uh, history of cultures and ethics that are taught over i believe uh, starting from se- secondary school and on okay Right, that are introduced to, uh, to students. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to do is in the next, I think, three years, up to 2023, they'll slowly be removing any sort of references to these course materials within the within the education system. And there again, argument is that uh, we're a secular state here. We don't need to teach these things. There is no place of this discourse within our education system. And, uh, and we've talked about this quite often. But religion, for good or for bad, whatever it represents, it's so easy to to put religion in this kind of place and be like, we hate religion, religion does this, kind of vilifying religion all the time. I think religion has had such an important place in human history. Yeah, it's such a misunderstanding. 
and it's how religion has been either interpreted yeah. or used etc yeah, yeah. i'm not a, a religious person myself right yeah. i don't believe in any sort of uh, institutionalized religion but mm -hmm. i believe that the study of human history the study of our societies whether it's a political system or what have you the roots of that come from religion yeah. it has become ethics. such ethics Laws, it's an important tool, laws. the way our laws are framed. It's such yeah. an important tool to be able to engage with how things have evolved. And a complete erasure of that to me is so inane. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you deny people the, the, the ability to critically to engage critically with To critically engage. Well, I think that's a theme, right? Yes, here. yes, I of mean, course. Come on. Of course. And I call it this uh, trauma of, um, like the silent revolution happened as a trauma that Quebec has suffered because of religion and the... The 20th Catholic, century, uh, yeah. the Catholic Church, and I believe that the way to deal with this kind of trauma that continues to, to plague us is not by erasing things. That's yeah. not how you deal with trauma. That's not how you deal with problems that you faced in the past, mm -hmm. or denying it, or turning a blind eye and moving away, or vilifying. Or, or vilifying, or erasure. I think that's never the way to deal with this. And it goes again, education has to be holistic, you need to be able to give kids tools read this and read that and read everything and then try to form your own opinion. Yeah. Right? Empower them with knowledge yeah. rather than being like selective in terms of what they should read, what they exactly. should not. Exactly, empower us with our knowledge, with the knowledge that Yeah, the details are still a little thin and I'll try to follow up more on this. But again, uh, I think it speaks to this lack of critical engagement. How many more years do we have of this government? <laughs> Well, uh, where which, are we? Are we halfway? Is, it's funny that you ask that, that uh, Monsieur Legault actually announced, I think it was it in December, he said that I'll only remain active in politics for this term and another. Oh. Thus, he's basically soliciting another oh term. Oh my God. So you're stuck with him for another seven years. Yay. So we'll get rid of hopefully Trump in 2020, but we have Monsieur Legault for another seven years if he wins another You think election. we're going to get rid of Trump in 2020? Do you think I, so? I hope so. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. We'll I think the, the Democrats have been pretty disappointing. The way they're kind of just dragging their nomination it's so fight. so interesting, the world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, that's where we are right now. All right. Um, just very, very quickly, though. What are you reading these days? What are you watching? What am I watching? Are you going to give we... us a whole list? A I'm not going to give a list. I'm going to give one <laughs> recommendation. I think it's very interesting that... We talk about in Quebec, religion seems to be like a, a discussion point all the time. Uh, it kind of influences political discussion, discussions about immigration, identity within Quebec. So I watched this very interesting film by a filmmaker that I've kind of followed for many, many years. The filmmaker's name is Terence Malik, and he made this new film called A Hidden Life. Um, it's set in World War II, mm -hmm. and it actually speaks to a crisis of faith. And it's based on religion. It's based on uh, this person's life story in terms of the choices they make based on their personal faith and how certain choices they were required to make uh, would be con contradictory to their personal faith and how that plays out and what they're forced to do and uh, how that impacts their family. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. It's set in Austria, I believe in the 1940s, in a small little village um, it's the time when people are being conscripted to be part of the, the war, the German effort. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a stunning film. I, I do recommend people watch it for all the things that it talks about. I think the relevance of religion, crisis of faith, identity then is very relevant even now. So it's three hours. Wow. It's long, but it's beautiful. And Terence Malik's done a great job. So that's my recommendation. 
I'm waiting for more. No? No, okay. that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Um, I have more, but uh, show notes. Show uh, notes. Well, I listen to audiobooks a lot because I really like them. And it helps me actually get through um, more things more quickly. And I started listening to this book called The Circle um, by American author um, Dave Eggers. So I think that there was a movie adaptation of this with Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. Yes, last year. I didn't true. watch it. Was it last year? Oh, maybe a couple of years Recent. ago. I didn't yeah. watch it. I think it was last year. But I, I did start listening to the book. I'm almost finished the book. But um, basically it kind of goes through, it, it chronicles the, the main character, Mae Holland. Uh, she works at a tech company, at a powerful internet company. And it sort of goes through, you know, um, tech, tech worker life. Right. So it's very kind of you can sort of see Silicon Valley in this. Like you can see it's a little bit dystopian future setting, Mm -hmm. but you can sort of see like a Facebook type situation here. And in an in an era where we're talking a lot about um, Facebook and its impact on society and um, decreasing privacy, I found I find this book to be so, 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 so fascinating. It's so interesting um it it is so like this person has been thinking about all of the things that are problematic with silicon valley and tech companies and tech generally and tech futures and put it into a fictionalized form in this novel and it is fascinating and the main character i'm not a fan of her she's like she's not a likable character to me um and i find it so interesting but she's also not an anti-hero like she's i just just i just dislike her she's She's one of those characters, and the book is fascinating. So I recommend that to um, anyone interested in anything remotely related to this kind of kind of topic. It's fascinating. Watch the movie if you want. I haven't watched it, but that's my one recommendation. I have others too, but yeah, sure. in the interest of time. So we hope you enjoy the uh, the, the episode. episode. Of course, please send us your feedback um, if you have any. And um, till the next time. Bye. The Ethnic Book is recorded in Montreal, hosted and created by Karan Singh and Shazma Abdullah, and produced by Alex Jarecko. Music is Rewind by Jay Somebody. You can find us on... Jay Somebody. Jay Somebody! Very, very close. <laughs> Jay Somebody sounded so perfect. It's like, Jay Somebody. <laughs> Jay, you know that guy, Somebody. Jay Somebody. Jay. <laughs> I love it though, I love it. She's like, Jay Somebody. <laughs> It made perfect sense. I'm never gonna be able to do this. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh.